If you or a loved one has had thoughts of self-harm, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline by dialing 988 or visiting suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Oh, Rob, Rob, over here. I found the. I found it. It's, here's a used record bin right here. Here. It oh, is. get ready for some metal treasures, my friend. Oh, Ooh, this is gonna be. I'm here good. to be schooled. Oh, okay. Yeah, got. Uh, let's see. Got Immortal. Ah, oh, yeah. That's. Oh, that's a good album. All right. Mayhem. Yeah. Uh, Fear Factory. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the early stuff is good. Okay. What else we got? What else we got? What else we got? Um, oh, you should definitely listen to this Cannibal Corpse album. This is okay. I, okay, Cannibal Corpse. I know a little bit about it. I've, I've heard of them. Yeah. Okay. Now, okay. Are you? Now, I'm pretty sure that Tiffany is not in oh. the right spot. Am I right? Yeah, I don't think we're alone now. That's uh, that's definitely <laughs> doesn't belong here with the metal. Now I know where to put this though, so I can I can put this away for these people. I don't mind doing that. Oh so wait, I'll take wait, care wait. Of that there, there's you... something sticking out of the the LP opening right there. Hold on. Oh, sure enough, it's it's probably their suicide note from listening. <laughs> wow, this is really old and crusty kind of. Oh yeah. Oh, Ooh. check out that cool Baphomet symbol right there. That's gnarly. That yeah. does not belong in a Tiffany album. No, that, unless uh, like Tiffany was a devil worshiper or something. Well, you know, she's pretty cool in my book, but uh, it's Latin, but I don't. It is. Yeah, it's uh, cheat music. Oh, it I can is. read this. Yeah, I, I. OK, so I had Latin in high school. Rob, I think that's like meant to summon a demon. Like really? Like legit to summon a demon. Like this is heavy shit here. I think in a Tiffany album. I think that would solve all of our issues. I'm sick and tired of getting pushed around by all these fucking assholes. And I think if we can play this music and summon a demon, like that would be metal as fuck for one thing. And the next thing would be like us just like, you know, kicking names and taking ass. Well, that's true. I'm really sick about being bullied all the time for our get up here. You know, we're trying to form a band and I'm taking this shit seriously. And I'm sick of people making fun of my makeup. You know, so what? They're not down with this like lifestyle that we got going on, dude. I mean, I can kind of see where they're coming from because it's like you know, I'm rocking the corpse paint here, you know, the, mm-hmm. the black metal corpse paint, and um, you just like got Kabuki theater going on, man. Well, you know, to each their own. I guess you know, it's 
it is dare to be different and you know to let the music speak for itself yeah well you know what this kimono it's my choice and if i have to bend over one more time on stage i'll do it <laughs> but anyway sure. put that back in the tiffany album and we'll go bring it up okay well why don't we just put it in like one of these metal albums and you know take off with it like that oh like well, unless you really album. want the tiffany album. yeah i really want the tiffany album oh, okay i'll okay. pay for that and you could get the other ones and keep your street cred all right make sure that make sure that the actual record is in the sleeve though because you you don't want to go home with a rick astley recording you know? No. Oh my gosh. No, that, that would bring about the beast of hell out of me. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah. So let's just go up front and uh, get the show on the road. Sounds good. You know that evil heavy metal that your parents hate you listening to? You know those lyrics about hell, demons, and doom? What if I told you it's all real? I know. I was there. It's piss. That's me, Brody. My friends are losers. So we started a band. Check it out. Ricky Daggers. Is he dead? Wouldn't it be crazy if the music had something to do with demons? Demons. We're all gonna die. I translated those pages. Now, people are turning crazy. Like, possessed. Crazy. That was pretty cool, as is, I mean, the axe and the... You know, I'm not even sure I'm in the right tuning. All right, welcome to Midnight Mass Creature Cast, where myself and Rob, two horror fans, Love to delve deep into a movie each week. This week we have chosen Deathgasm from 2015. Uh, it has a runtime of one hour and 26 minutes. It's not rated, uh, but be aware that there will be spoilers ahead. Mm-hmm. This was Rob's pick. And uh, Rob, when did you first uh, come across Deathgasm? Um, so it came out in 2015, right? 2015, correct. Yeah. Okay, so a year later I had seen it because a friend we were i was doing a project with a friend we were doing like this punk rock type thing and he was like you really should check out this movie it's it's like evil dead but it's you know it's way over the top and i was like oh shit i love evil dead so i'll check this out and it's got metal in it so you know it's right up my alley and so yeah in 2016 i think the fall of 2016 is when i saw this that's cool that's awesome now i saw it pretty quick too when it came out i don't know if it got a theatrical release i didn't see it in the theater but i did see it like pretty quickly after its release um i think i actually saw it on like a streaming service 
Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, Because I've never owned a physical copy of it. Why, I don't know, because it's a really fun film, but I've never owned it physically. Um, I didn't think it was available physically because I had, when I was looking for it back in 2016, I actually had to buy it on uh, Prime Video because they didn't uh, have any physical releases of it. Actually, if you had went to Walmart, you would have never been able to buy it with this title because the store refused to carry it. They made them change the name to Heavy Metal Apocalypse before they would sell it in the store. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Walmart yeah. and its uh, moral compass. Yes, exactly. Yes. So that I thought that was interesting. But yeah, no, you can get physical copies of it. It's just, uh, I just, for some reason, saw it on streaming. Yeah, that's So weird. I guess, yeah, anyone out there in like listening land, you know, if you're looking for a gift for Rob, Deathgasm on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, get get me a Deathgasm on <laughs> Blu-ray <laughs> because I can't. I still can't find it. Like it, it is available on Amazon, but through third-party sellers, and I don't really trust those all the time. Oh, gotcha, so, gotcha. Yeah. Interesting, huh? Well, there you go. Um, now it is a New Zealand film, and uh, I was just going to go through the cast super quick. This should take us like no time at all because um, I really don't know these actors, uh, anything else really that they've done that I've seen that I could recommend. So, um, our director and writer of the film is Jason Howden. Um, and he also did guns akimbo from 2019. Are you familiar with this one, Rob? No, I'm not. It's a ton of fun. Uh, it has uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter. Oh shit. The, uh, yeah, he, uh, he gets guns attached to his hands, right? Yes. Yes. It's okay, a lot yep. of fun. I did see that. That was a great movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he, uh, the director did that one. I recommend that. And then, so our main lead of the film is Brody. That's Milo Cawthorn. And he actually played Hadley in Guns Akimbo. So he worked with the director again. And then he has uh, his bestie, Zach, um, <laughs> who's probably not the best uh, role model of the in the film. That's uh, actor James Joshua Blake. And then the keyboardist, uh, the one that wears glasses, is Dion. And that's Sam Berkeley. Um, nothing to recommend from this gentleman or uh, James that I've seen. Um, and then their drummer is uh, Giles, but it's pronounced Giles. And that's Daniel Cres- Cresswell. Um, nothing from him that I could recommend. Then the love interest is uh, Medina, who I love. It's Kimberly Crossman. Nothing I could recommend from her. And that's basically everyone I was really going to get into as far as the actors portraying them. Um, so we can kind of move on to the film from there if you're okay with it. Oh, I just wanted to say that this was interesting. <clears throat> A little bit of trivia there. Um, so apparently, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. So Milo Cawthorn, Kimberly Crossman, and Kate Elliott, they're all veterans of the Power Rangers franchise. I did see that. Yeah, <laughs> but I've not watched it, so I didn't say anything about it. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I thought that was cool, too. I was like, wow, I didn't know they were in the Power Rangers because I really haven't seen Power Rangers in so many years. But yeah, that was pretty cool. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's Milo actually did a one episode of Ash versus the Evil Dead. I think he was the one. I think that uh, would be awesome if that's true. Uh, I know I someone, someone that. involved with the film, with the movie. did. <clears throat> yes, it was him. He was Delmont on one episode of Ash versus the Evil Dead in 2015. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So but anyway, yeah. So so there you go. There's there's all that kind of stuff, which is cool. Oh, now. OK, just real quick, because you you brought up that, you know, your friend said it remind you of, of, of that. It also kind of felt 
kind of like early Peter Jackson to me. Right. Because New Zealand. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, some of it kind of reminded me of uh, demons that we covered. That too. Yeah. There was a lot of, I think they, well, we know the director or the guy who created it is a fan of Evil Dead. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they wanted it to be like along the same lines of that. But yeah, it did remind me of Dead Alive, Peter Jackson. Uh, and it also reminded me of like demons because the way that the the way that the possessed people looked. Yeah. Lamberto Baba, by the way, folks, we, yeah. we covered that a while back. But yeah, just a, but I think that's cool in horror because nothing is created inside a bubble. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying anyone rips something off. That's not what I mean. It's like a cool homage to things. Yeah. You and know? I also and then, like the yeah. fact that the, the bleh, I can't speak. I like the fact that the demon they summoned was like the the blind demon and so like all the possessed people don't have their eyes yes that was very cool too and of course the homage to every every 80s horror movie with the blue lightning oh yes which (laughs) that reminded me of trick-or-treat by the way right or any other horror movie in the 80s that had lightning because it had been blue (laughs) there was yeah there was a lot of lightning in the 80s oh yeah but anyway yeah so i just i i think it's um uh, just a really fun um, kind of like melding of comedy. Mm-hmm. You get your horror, but now also to me, you could tell that the director isn't making fun of this. Like he, it comes from a place of love in his heart Yeah, for this. Yeah. It's not like he's uh, it's not, he's not besmirching the people that are into this at all. I, I, I really think he's kind of a fan of this, this, uh, this genre of music himself. Yeah, I, th- I, think. I think he's a total metalhead. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so we'll jump. Well, so basically, the premise of this is um, these group of teenagers get a hold of this cursed uh, sheet music uh, that's meant to bring forth the king of the demons if it's played. Which, of course, they do that, and then all hell breaks loose in their little New Zealand town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because um, they did dis- well. Yeah, the first time they play the song, it doesn't really take effect in full because, I don't know, apparently somebody was off key or something. Right. Yeah, I think it was Brody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so um, it starts with the recounting of the story. And then they basically are like, you know, for this to really make sense, we got to go back to what really transpired to make it happen. Yeah. And of course, uh, Deathgasm refers to the band. Uh, so the name of the film is named after the band and it happens in Gray Point is the name of the community. Um, so poor Brody ends up living with his very religious uncle. Um, I think it's Uncle Kent. Um, you might be no, I, Uncle Albert, Uncle Albert. Oh, OK, sorry, yeah, uncle I didn't Albert. pay attention to the names. Yeah, Uncle um, Albert and his aunt and his really awful cousin, David. <laughs> total dick of a cousin. Yeah. And uh, he's sent there because his mom kind of like uh Got a little out of control on her meth bender, and she oh yeah she, she forced herself on a Santa on a <laughs> and and took a nude picture with him. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. So poor Brody ended up there, um, and of course, with the family being very Christian, this music that he prefers is totally against like their beliefs. Uh, so he's already at odds with that. Um, now. He already knows the people he's going to high school with. So I assume he's not like totally uprooting his life. He's just living somewhere different, but in the same community because he already knows Dio. Right. Yeah. He probably 
he's still in the same high school. I'm thinking it just he yeah. lives in a different a different spot. Yeah, yeah. And so he's got a friend Dio, and he's into role playing, like uh, not like dressing up and you know spanky people, but like with the die and everything, and like Dungeons and Dragons D and D. Yeah, and uh, I actually like Dio. I I think he I I really like the two like secondary characters of the band. Uh, Giles and Dio, there's something about them I find endearing. I really like them quite a bit, but they're nerds. They're geeks. Yeah. Um, Those are the kinds then, of kids I was uh, hanging out with in uh, junior high and high school. <laughs> we were the, we were the nerds. Now, did, were you into like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff? We played Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> once in a while, but we kind of made up our own tabletop games, which was really cool. It was a lot more fun. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Now, I'm just asking this. I'm not judging... Because uh, you're younger than me, so I don't know that there's really that whole stigmata that there was in the beginning with Dungeons and Dragons. But was like your were, were your uh, parents were they okay with you like playing Dungeons and Dragons and stuff, or was there any like oh you can't be doing that? No, I I don't recall them not being not okay with it. I think it okay, was gotcha, just, yeah, yeah. We we pretty much had free reign until I was a teenager, and then that's when like because my sister told my mom that the um lyrics to my Metallica album praised Satan in some way. And so like my mom went through all my, all my records and shit. Um, so yeah, that there was some trouble there, but that was averted because she read the lyrics and there was no uh, praise for Satan in them. Well, good for your mom. <clears throat> That's, I mean, a lot of parents wouldn't do that. They would have just been like, okay, you're out, you know, with that. Yeah. Good for your mom. Um. So anyway, okay, sorry. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're also introduced to, Medina, who is cousin David's love interest at the time. And Medina's very sweet. She's mm-hmm. a blonde. That doesn't matter, I guess, but she's a blonde. Yeah. Very sweet. Very nice. <laughs> Blondes um, don't and- usually do it for me, but uh she was super cute. Oh, okay. I, I was wondering about that as I was watching because I know your predilection for brunette. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's just very sweet. I liked her personality. Yeah. Um and plus she but- kicks mucho ass. Oh, she does. She's <laughs> she's really <laughs> cool. Um, but then I so like David is horrible and I can't imagine living with this person. Like, you know, you, not only are you at school with him, but you got to go live with him at home. He's oh, horrible. Yeah. And there's that whole part where they're playing the role-playing game and he, him and his buddy come in and shoot them with those water guns, those giant super soaker things, but it's filled with their own urine. Yeah. That, uh, that oh my gosh, oh, man, <laughs> uh, that. I think I would rather have a swirly than, you know, oh, get sprayed well, I, by Well, I'll be honest, piss. it would depend. Like if <laughs> James Brolin were to jump in and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I don't I don't think they would go to your high school. <laughs> well, I'm just saying with the super soaker full of their own urine. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I digress. <laughs> so there it's just uh, just poor Brody. He's so like put upon. And then his teacher in like that math class is like horrible to him. He's like crappy there. Just everywhere he turns, like it's, he's just gets crapped upon. It's yeah. Horrible, it's a ne- horrible, never horrible. Storm of shit. Yes. Um, but he could take refuge in one place and that is alien records. Um, which is his little, uh, I guess patch on earth where he can get away from everybody and just be himself. Yeah. And I think that's the only record store in that, in that town or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, and I think he's safe because it doesn't seem like David would even give a darn about music, I don't think, his cousin. Now, he looks um, like he likes to play cricket. <laughs> probably. <laughs> or just be mean. Just yeah, be mean to be mean. Yeah, punch people yeah. in the dick all day. 
all day. Um, so it's in there where is there's like a poster, I believe, and then he, he meets the uh, record owner, um, Byron, behind the counter, and they start talking about the uh, Ricky Daggers, um, like rate. Latest release, what it's pressed to only like 666 copies of the vinyl. Oh, yeah. One that's uh, like one of 666 copies. Yeah. 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 Now, is the band Haxon Sword, I think? Uh, yeah. From what I read, I had wrote it down as Haxon's or ha- yeah, Haxon Sword. And then like in between it, it's got a sword. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's Haxon and then Sword. So yeah. 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 Um, and then this is where we're introduced to Zach who's another customer in there. Um, I love the scene. Did you pick up on when he, okay. So the, the store is uh, like uh, operated by Byron and Abigail mm-hmm. and Abigail does like psychic readings in the, in the record store. You know, don't think of like a big, like F Y E or something like that, but like, it's more of like a mom and pop chain kind of thing. Yeah. Not chain mom and pop establishment. And so she does psychic readings in there too. But did you notice when like, Brody and Zach get together. She like gives him this look. So she's like got this like feeling there's something not right when they connect. Yeah. Didn't she have a vision like right then and there? Or was that later on? I don't know if she had a vision, but there was definitely like, oh, something's not right with this, with these two meeting. I thought that was pretty cool. I like that a lot. Um, But Zach's trouble. uh, He's. (laughs) He is. He's. He's. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. He's dropped out. He's a wild spirit. uh, The kind of kid you wouldn't want your uh, child to date, uh, wouldn't want your child to hang out with. (laughs) Or even Um, be friends with. Yeah. No. Yeah. uh, But they connect like super instantly, basically, um, over their taste in music. um, And they become blood blood brothers like within seconds. (laughs) Right. They they cut their wrists with a razor and and they shake hands. Yeah, the palms. And then uh, I love how they burn Hail Satan into the lawn. But it says <laughs> Satan instead of Satan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they start, they start immediately start a garage band with uh, Dio and Giles. Um, it's just, I love how fast <laughs> they connect. Now, did you, it's, it's comical, but like, I remember being young and friendship starting like that just super fast. Yeah. It went, when we were kids, it, it happened just like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> and they, <laughs> and they, you know, they're bouncing back and forth names and Zach is a very strong personality type and it's pretty much his way or the highway and he right. comes up with deathgasm. Uh, but it must be all uppercase because lowercase is for. Pussies. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to call it deathgasm. Yeah. And then it's, uh, was it heavy metal up your butthole? Which I instantly <laughs> want that is for a bumper sticker or a forehead tattoo. I don't know which one I'm going to go with. Um, you, well, wait till you're, wait till you're all done with your job before you get the forehead tattoo. Uh, that's true. They may not let me work with children <laughs> anymore if I have that on my forehead. Um, so, then they come upon this, like, the house looks like it's abandoned from the outside to me. Yeah, that's, a, I wrote down abandoned house, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then so, Zach all of a sudden's like, Brody, you're the lookout, and he just busts on into this house. Um, but there's not really much busting, it looked like the window was pretty much just open, and he crawled in. But, so, Brody decides he's not going to wait out there, and he kind of follows Zach inside this house. Mm-hmm. Um 
And, and on the then oh, go we, ahead. Oh, we find out that Zach has been there before, apparently. Yeah, and on the wall, plastered there is all these clippings of Ricky Daggers, the you know singer of Hacks and Sword. Um, the, and this like apparently is like his place. There's like a room full of just amps. And uh, they spy Ricky's body, which they're not sure if he's asleep or dead. <laughs> he and looks he looks pretty dead. <laughs> he looks pretty dead. Yeah. And he's clutching an LP, which, of course, Zach just steals from either his sleeping hands or the corpse's hands. Um, <laughs> and then they just kind of back away, except he jumps up and uh, he assumes that someone named Aeon has sent them. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, the, sometimes with the names, it's like I couldn't figure out what, like what that name was. What the hell is that name anyway? So it's A E O N. Now I'll be honest with you. So it is New Zealand, and I so I had to rent this from uh, Amazon actually because I don't own a copy, and uh, I left the subtitles on because I knew it was a New Zealand thing, and I want to make sure I could understand everything for the podcast. So oh, I left. Oh man, I forgot to put the lot. subtitles on. Um, so anyway, so he attacks them with a bat because he thinks that they're actually there for an ulterior motive than they really are. Right. Um, yeah, they just yeah. want the they want the hacks and sword record. Right, 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 right. Yeah, but just for that purpose only. They don't know anything else about it. So as they escape, someone else arrives, like a kind of a men in black, uh, and he comes in as well, and that would be a Vaden. And he's working for the Aeon gentleman that Ricky keeps mentioning. Oh, okay. Yeah. The guy with the straight razor. Yeah. Yes. So um, he goes after the Vaden character with the bat, but it backfires and he eventually just ends up slitting Ricky's throat. Yeah. Um, and then back at the garage, um, they realize that inside of the album, they're very disappointed because it's actually not the album that should be in there. It's not Ricky's album. It's actually Rick Ashley's record inside. <laughs> um, but also tucked inside is sheet music. Um, and it's written in Latin, the title's Latin and everything. Um, and Zach gets the bright idea that, hey, they could use it for a deathgasm song. Um, and I believe the title is Daemonia uh, in Latin, Daemonia, um, which translates into demon. So back at Aeon's place, um, <laughs> Vaden shows up and, you know, basically confesses that he did not get what he was sent after to do. I love this part. <laughs> it's so odd, isn't it? It's so very yeah. weird. Um, he was after, of course, the black hymn is what it's called, and he did not get it. Um, and so the two acolytes, who I love them, I th there's stuff in this movie that I wish they would have done more with. Yeah, because like the mask, the masked acolytes. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. They're like, <clears throat> like almost like goat head things. It looks, uh, and they got capes on. Yeah, I mean, they're ready for a ceremony. To me, Dude, they look it's, like it's totally eyes wide shut right there. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, they were awesome, but so since Vaden didn't fulfill his uh, obligation to Eon, he just basically has the acolytes behead him. 
<laughs> on the on the carpet. <laughs> yes, which totally angers Aeon because it, there should have been a tarp down first. Yeah, if you're going to do it, you put a tarp down before you do. He's like, do it again. <laughs> do it again. Yeah. So they have to put the fake. Hand. Well, at first they're like, well, what? Because it really doesn't make sense. Yeah. So they have to kind of place the beheaded head back on the headless body and then just reenact it with the tarp down. And it pleases him. Uh, it's so goofy. <laughs> But then this, okay, so Aeon sitting behind that desk. And oh, then, yeah. And the female acolyte pops out from underneath. Yeah, I called her a concubine. Yeah, she actually has a name. Uh, it's Shanna, which I don't remember anyone ever saying her name in the film. I just got this from like looking things up. But Shanna pops her head up because I guess she had apparently been performing oral sex on Aeon this whole time. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember her name being said either. No, I just got this from looking up things on like, you know, uh, different sites. But yeah, so she's Shannon. Uh, yeah, so she pops up and she's part of this whole <laughs> group, I guess. Uh, anyway, so um, now we get the and I love this part so very much. We've got the the four teens in their corpse paint. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> shooting their music video out in the forest. Um, Except. OK, so. I imagine I like the two long haired guys looking the most metal. And then um, Dion is the guy with the glasses, right? Dio. Yeah. Dio. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he is dressed like Robert Carradine in Revenge of the Nerds, but with corpse paint. And then. The, and still his glasses. He still yes, has his glasses. He still, yeah, his yeah, glasses. still has the glasses. <laughs> and then the larger fellow is uh, painted up like Peter Chris. Yeah. Which I love. <laughs> I love that so much. He's just like, I'm just going to do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I stand corrected. It is Dion. You are correct. I was incorrect. It is Dion. I don't know. Oh, why I have okay. I didn't know. Uh, who I had Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie. Is it Ronnie James Dio stuck in my head? So uh, yeah, it's Dion. Dion. Yeah, that's, Dion. Yeah. that's not a bad uh, thing to be stuck in your head. Ronnie James yeah. Dio is awesome. But I just, just how nerdy they all are. I just find it so endearing. It's, yeah. I don't want, I don't, I, I don't, not in a mean way. It's just so like kind of cute. <laughs> well, that's the kind of stuff like we didn't do like heavy metal video shoots in the woods. But as kids, we used to do um, video shoots because we had a friend with. a. I guess you it was one of those micro micro VHS cameras or something. Um, oh, gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we used yes. to make goofy videos just about like stupid shit. But it was so much fun. And so this reminded me a lot of that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and at the very, it just shows how like goofy they are. But the very end where the Dion's got that sword. Oh, and he's jerking it off. It. Yeah. Like, what, is what is this? And everybody's looking at him. They're like, dude, you went a little too far. Right. It's just so silly. So anyway, after the video shoot, they decide to head to this market. And that's where Brody uh, bumps into Medina and uh, she offers to buy him an ice cream and everything. And so they end up l l separated from the rest of the group and they have that little park bench moment together and they're just talking and everything. And um, earlier, the sarcastic teacher had like made fun of his artwork because Brody's a talented little high schooler there as far as art goes, drawing. Yeah. And he had thrown away some of his stuff and actually Medina had pulled it from the trash and saved it for him and, and gave it to him and everything. Yeah, what did he draw the teacher as like with a head full of dicks or something? Uh, something, yeah, but it was done well. Yeah. <laughs> it was like well done, but yeah. Um and then so she confides in him that she's, 
you know, thought about getting a tattoo and she's like, I might get it here. And she kind of like, you know, pulls her top down just a little bit, like to show like her top cleavage a little bit or here. And she pulls her skirt up to show her upper thigh and everything. So she's been a little flirty with them and everything. Oh yeah. And And you want to talk about things happening quickly. That, that happened pretty freaking quick. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it, it kind of shows there's more to this girl than just like, oh, I'm just going to date the pretty boy and call it good. Like she wants more substance to her guy and she's not just going to stick with this David guy because he's a, a horrible person. He's just mean. Yeah, he's a total dick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And then. uh, So. um, Oh, then he asks her if she's into metal at all. Right. Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. And she doesn't really get it and everything. And. You know, he kind of opens up to her and he says, you know, it, it, it's it's a, a way, you know, metal is like, you know, it's a way that someone you connect with with someone else who understands your pain, and your rage and everything. And so, so and it's <laughs> it's so freaking true, though, honestly. like, Oh, yes. Yeah. When you find something you connect with, you connect with it. Yeah. yeah I, yes. As a kid, because I was an angry, angry kid. And it was like I was just looking for an outlet and. When I, when I got into that music, I, I was all in. And then, so he leaves her the anal cunt CD to listen to. <laughs> no, he gives her, she. Wait, first, no, yeah, he asked her if she's ever listened to anal cunt. Yeah. And at first, yeah. <laughs> at first he gave her a cattle decapitation CD and she was watching, you know, the cover. It's got a cow uh-huh. shitting out a human. Uh, <laughs> and she was like, I don't think so. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. Here's this one. And I can't, I don't know what the title of that one was. Oh. But what was anal cunt? Because I had, I wrote that down. Yeah. Um, but of course, David, his cousin, is spying this from afar. So we know this is not going to work out well. Um, and then, uh, so. Uh, oh, okay. So back at the garage, um, they've been practicing with that sheet music that they found and everything, but it's not really working out quite well um, because Brody's a little off with his playing and everything. Yeah. So now I find, I think it's because of the mustache, but I actually find Uncle Albert kind of cute in his own little way. So I put down sexy uncle interrupts their, their <laughs> playing and everything. He wants them to stop that devil music. But <laughs> there's something going on because the lights start to flicker and everything. And then the, the, the bandmates are becoming affected by this. They kind of like freeze and everything. And the sky's black and overhead. And then the uncle starts to be like taken over. Yeah. You, um, it flashes in between like demon, demonic face and then regular face. And Right. And they get bloody palms and there's bugs everywhere. And there's like the drum starts to bleed the, 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 the front of the drum and everything. Yeah. Um, and it ends with the uncle's eyes just bleeding profusely. <laughs> and then uh, Brody chokes on the guitar and he starts to panic. Um, and <laughs> And he's like, you know, he turns to Zach. He's like, have you ever, you know, like had something like that? Like where you just freeze and everything. And Zach's like, yeah, what was it? One time the girl was like punched him in the nuts or something. And his food <laughs> was blood red. Like, oh my God, Zach. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that doesn't count. I don't think. Yeah. So I love the next day where Medina pops in one of the CDs and like, it has a definite profound, positive, profound effect on her. Like her world is blown when she hears this music. Oh yeah. Um, like she becomes like the Xena warrior princess. Yeah. She is the heavy metal <laughs> goddess. Yes. She's got the, <laughs> she's got the two women down on each of her legs. And yeah. Kissing and, <laughs> yeah. 
Now I will say this. Okay. If you go to check out like reviews online and everything, they go on this like boobs, boobs, boobs. But I mean, there is some topless scenes, but it's not like people are making it out to mm, be no. in the review. It's not boobs everywhere. Every scene there, there's no, like maybe like three scenes with boobs. Yeah. Like Friday 13th part four has like way more toplessness than this movie does. Yeah. But they're making it out. Like, I don't want that to turn people off. You know, like to look at this and be like, Oh, it's mindless. Just, you know, breasts everywhere you look. Cause it really isn't. This is a very fun, um, well-written film. I think, mm-hmm. um, there's no fat on this whatsoever. I mean, it, it just picks up and goes, it's, it's a, it's a tight film. You know, there's, you're not going to be bored in this thing. So I don't want people to think it's just like this stupid, like geared towards like, you know, mindless guy, you know, or women who are into women, you know, movie where it's just like, just stupid and just, you know, nudity for nudity's sake. And that's all you're going to get. Cause that's not what this is. No, they definitely played it smart. You know, they've, they've got a few boob shots, uh, but for the most part you're in there and you're, you're pretty much watching the lives of these people and how they're handling these situations. It's yes, not exactly. It's not just, oh, let's throw some uh, nudity in here because it needs it. Right. Yeah. It really is almost more like a like a wink and a nod to like, yeah, this is like. <laughs> like this particular genre of like music and these kinds of people, this is what they would be into. So we're going to give that to them. Yeah. It's like fan service. Yeah. So back at school, uh, Brody has written the title of the sheet music on his hand and he's translating it to determine what it actually says and what that means in english you know the latin to english is summoning the king of demons a black hymn for gaining power and fortune yeah so leaving school brody is jumped by his cousin and a friend of his and they they make a yeah, they're going to dick punch. They make the dick punch threat and everything because, you know, uh, David's all aggravated about him seeing Medina. Yeah. And, um, oh, and they rip his earrings out. Oh, that was yeah. so horrible. And, uh, and then oh. uh, on top of that, like after they do that and he's still on the ground, he's got the guy kicking him with soccer. Yes. Cards. Yeah. It's horrible, folks. Yeah, like, it's that horrible. That part is messed up. Yeah, it's pretty horrible. Um, So... <laughs> So Medina runs into Zach (laughs) siphoning fuel, diesel fuel from an ambulance. (laughs) Right. And like, wasn't it something before that part? Like, it's like, oh, Zach is a Zach is a good uh, he's got a good heart or something. Yeah. (laughs) And then we see this. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, so she's been looking for Brody, but he's like been taken care of by these two thugs. Um, and she, but she's got a message for him, but she foolishly gives it to Zach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically she wants to meet up with Brody, but Zach being Zach intervenes and just doesn't give him the note. And he takes advantage of it for himself. Dude, I had, uh, I had a couple friends like that. I don't even want to talk <laughs> like I don't even want to talk. Okay. Um <laughs> We're moving on. We're Um, moving on up. We are so moving on up. Um, Now, Brody looks like crap. Like his eyes swollen shut. He looks horrible. I wanted to hug him. I felt so sorry for this person. Um, So that night, 
Medina's waiting for Brody to show, but Zach shows up and just gives her the story that like, oh, Brody can't show up. He's too busy. And he just kind of like conveys that Brody's just blowing her off. And then because it's cold. And so Zach offers her his leather jacket and then things progress from there. Mm -hmm. Piece of shit. Bad friend. Bad friend. Yeah. Yes. But also Medina, then why would you just automatically you've got David. So why would you jump to Zach? Right. This is true. Like, I why didn't I blame her? Well, he's a jerk. He, he He's a jerk. Yes. But like, also, I would just been like, no, thank you. And then just left. Yeah. Even if your feelings are hurt. I don't know. I kind of it takes two to tango, but whatever. OK. Um. So. Poor Brody, like. He's like playing, he's back in his bedroom. He's playing through all this stuff. And keep in mind, he lives with this person that did this to him. So there's no like freedom from this. He's living in the same house with David. Wait, didn't they, like when he gets back home, didn't they like mess his room up, like tear down the posters and spray paint it and like just mess up everything he had? Yes, I believe so. Because he's looking at that torn picture of him and his mom, who just looks like a complete mess. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So... He's got the uh, music sheet, the sheet music, you know, hidden underneath his mattress. So he gets that out. And after all this, he's like, you know what? I know what this music is going to do. We're going to move forward with this with a mission now because I know what is going to come of this. So he's got a plan in place. So back in the garage, the band's practicing and more of the same effects and everything. Now the uncle's like foaming at the mouth. He starts spewing blood everywhere. And we get blue lightning. The garage doors open up and the amp volume like cranks up on its own accord. And now all, all the neighbors are vomiting up blood into the streets. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole lot of blood vomit. A whole lot of blood vomit. Um, and then all the bandmates start to foam at the mouth as well. And they pass out <clears throat> and they eventually come to with headaches and everything. And their amps are now all like buggered out. They won't work anymore. Um and then Brody's like, I think I, I, th- I think I'm more powerful. Do I look more powerful? And then Zach just like punches him. He's like, no. <laughs> Didn't he? Okay, so he when he first came in and practiced, he, his eye was all swollen and everything, and he his eye looked yes. back to normal. Yeah, yeah. So it did heal him to some degree. Yes, you're absolutely right with that. Now Brody's thinking that something went wrong with the arrangement of the pages, like maybe they were played out of order. Mm-hmm. So he wants to do it, you know, again, but like in a different order. Um, and he's and he kind of lets it slip that the music has something to do with demons. Now I find this to be one of the strangest scenes. He's in the bathroom at school. Oh yeah. <laughs> and who the hell is that dead guy with the sunglasses? I couldn't figure that out. Terry. His name is Terry. But I don't know who Terry is. Unless, is that David's friend? The guy who was kicking him with the cleats on? Yeah. Is that Terry? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I have no idea. I was trying to figure that out for like an hour. I was like, who the hell is that guy? Okay, so... <laughs> so Brody's looking in the bathroom mirror. So we've got a profile of Brody, but then then Terry doesn't walk into the picture. He like glides sideways. <laughs> and you're going to have to fill me in on what was said because I did not have subtitles turned on for this. OK, I didn't write a whole lot. Down. But anyway, so he slides in. He's wearing these heart shaped sunglasses to cover the fact that his eyes are 
clearly messed up because you can see under the sunglasses, he's got this like black veining going on mm-hmm. where his eyes, you know, would normally look okay. And so he like glides in and he, and he uh, tells uh, Brody that the blind one is coming and then he glides back out. So it's like, he's almost like someone's rolling him in and out. Um, he glides in, <laughs> glides out and he keeps like filling him in on more things. You're like, Oh, it's your fault that this is happening. And, and you're the powerful one. It just keeps going in and out and in and out. And it's the weirdest, but one of my most favorite scenes in this whole movie, because it's so strange. <laughs> it is that it's like, He's got like an 80s haircut in this, especially with the heart-shaped glasses. He just looks like, you know, rock and roll high school or something. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's so bizarre. He reminded me of, let's see if I can figure this out real quick. The TV show was called, uh, this TV show was called Square Pegs. And I loved it. Um, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker was on it. And so was uh, Jamie Gertz. But... There was a character called Johnny Slash. And Johnny Slash and this guy, Terry, they reminded me of each other. So that made me automatically think of Johnny Slash. But anyway, um, so that gliding effect that, that, that Terry was doing back and forth. I watched a documentary one time with um, Anne Rice, the writer Anne Rice. Yeah. You want to talk about Interview the Vampire? Mm-hmm. And they were doing it and, and she was moving around her uh, house in New Orleans that she had bought, but she wasn't walking. She was gliding like this. And I thought, why are you doing this with her? Because it made her seem like a spirit. It was the weirdest thing. I thought, what an odd choice to do with Anne Rice in a documentary to have her glide through her house. <laughs> anyway, that's neither. Here so nor was there. Okay. she on roller skates or something? <laughs> what was going on? No, it really made it look like. Because they only show her from like the like chest up. Oh, you could tell if someone's walking or not. And she was just gliding like this guy. It was just the weirdest thing. It was such an odd choice. But anyway, that is that's weird. Yeah. So back at the garage, the band uh, practice. uh, Wait. Did I do this out of order? Uh, uh, School teacher time. Thank you. Okay. Oh God. So, <laughs> so their teacher, Mr. Cup and Hearst, is at the board. So his back is turned towards them and he's wearing shorts <laughs> and he just starts shitting blood <laughs> everywhere down his legs. It is horrifying. Oh, oh my God. Like he's got some, he's got a really bad case of dysentery. Oh my God. So the students, except for this one poor girl, are backing away to the back of the room away from him because clearly something is amiss. Yeah. And I and thought then, it was Medina that got the face full of blood vomit, but it was actually another blonde girl. Yeah. So she's sitting there and Mr. Cuppenhurst turns and just starts spewing, spewing <laughs> blood all over this poor student who's trapped in her seat. It's disgusting. <laughs> and then he stops and then does a little bit more on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And that, that gave me a lot of shades of like uh, Peter Jackson and then Evil Dead. Uh, you know, just the, you know, the bodily fluid kind of stuff. It's disgusting. It's so gross yeah. and horrifying and funny. And it's just disgusting. Um, so <laughs> I love the next scene because you think that they're in a moving car. But no, it's just Zach and Brody sitting in a car and the garage of Zach's father's house. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and then, uh, 
his father is like banging his head against the door or the um yes the yeah metal door. But doors. then there's that little mention because Zach knows what went on with Medina, but like Brody's realized that like Medina's kind of been cold to him and everything. Oh, and Zach's yeah. like, did Medina talk to you? And you know, he's like kind of trying to fill out Brody because like Zach's like kind of a dick, I think. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, the dad's banging his head against the door and his head's covered in like a t-shirt. Oh yeah. And they're trying to get the t-shirt off his face. And dad's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, they eventually do. And we see that he's plucked his own eyeballs out and he's holding them in his hand. He says, I can see you. (laughs) (laughs) So he's attacking his son. So the dad's got Zach by the neck and everything. So Brody grabs his grinder and goes after the dad. Which, you know, eventually works and they get, you know, Zach free and everything. But then the dad falls to the ground and this engine just drops on the dad's head, killing him and everything. (laughs) Gets sanded faceless and then the engine block, head crush. Yeah. But then Zach's like, I really think dad would have wanted to been okay dying like this. (laughs) (laughs) What's the most metal way to die? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, It's just very odd. Um, and then, uh, so Zach points out, this is like, like, it's like black magic shit and everything. So Brody's like, we need to go see Abigail, the psychic back at alien Records. She's going to tell us all about this. She's the only person who would know. So the two start heading there and we see like, as they're driving through town, there's just like chaos breaking out all over the place in the streets. Mm-hmm. Demons everywhere. So back at the, uh, Brody house where he's staying Giles and Dion have come there looking for them. Um, but there's no one home. Um, and on the lawn, they find that, uh, the, the demon and everything is shot dead there on the front lawn and everything. Um, but they decide to leave a note on the door and they're actually saved by an ax wielding Medina. So she's pretty kick ass, kick ass on her own. (laughs) She's kick (laughs) ax. Yeah, she is kick ax. Totally. Um, So the boys have made it to the record store and they see that there's a blood moon. Yeah. Which doesn't really make sense until like five minutes later. And then Mm -hmm. you're like, Oh, that's right. Okay. All right. So inside Abigail looks awful. Um, The there's bodies everywhere. They've been possessed and everything. And she's talking about uh, a lot. The King of the demons uh, is going to be coming. And she's basically like, you know, you guys have kind of screwed us all over and everything. And then she takes a drag of a cigarette, which is totally what my mother's corpse would have done in this situation. (laughs) Um, So anyway, so. um, And then she says that he'll be here on his ascension will take place on the next blood moon, which is what Rob just pointed out. We've already seen. Yeah. And then then, she brings up the devil's hour at 3 a.m. Yeah, because they were wondering when the devil's hour was. Mm -hmm. Um, So. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Rob. Oh, no. And then she she starts to make mention that there's a way that they can reverse it. Reverse his soul fusing with the darkest human host. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a way to reverse it. But before she can get that out, Byron, the other owner of the place just punches through her stomach, killing her and turning her into a demon as well. So they don't know quite how to do this, how to stop it. Yeah. And I thought that was very evil dead. Like right there, because yes, her eyes and everything. When someone's killed by a dead eye, like that, that body becomes possessed too. Yeah, it's pretty darn cool, folks, yeah. I'm telling you. Okay, so um, back at Brody's house, 
Medina, Dion, and Giles decide to uh, head back to school and they leave that little note and everything. And then um, uh, the town is like a blaze now. Like it's just bad. <laughs> it's getting really bad. Now, during all this, Aeon has arrived in town and he's met by Terry, the uh, sunglassing, sunglass wearing demon from earlier. And um, it's made note that uh, the soulless can't destroy the pages of, of the uh, Black Hymn. And so oh, yeah. Eon wants to bind with Aeloth, which is the king of the demons. Mm-hmm. Um, but suddenly, before that can transpire, uh, Shanna, the concubine, just plunges this dagger through uh, the back of Aeon out through his chest, and he's just done for. And then she and puts uh, puts a sword in his throat and makes a gag reflex joke. Yes, 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 yes. And then it's revealed that Brody is the key to everything. So they're going to have to get to Brody. Now, is it just me or when the like the possessed people were speaking, I found it really hard to understand and I should have turned on the subtitles at that point. Yeah, because not only are you dealing with like the New Zealand like kind of accent, but you're also dealing with the demon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> voice on top of that new zealand uh accent yeah i see i think i could understand the new zealand accent but then when the voice is all distorted i was like what the hell are they saying now i'll be honest with you i the one that i found the worst was the actual king of the demons a lot oh yeah that i could not understand understand. no i couldn't understand anything very difficult um so uh zach and brody have decided to uh take off with a plan. Brody is thinking if we play this music backwards, it will kind of reverse everything and put things back to normal in place. Yeah. Zach just wants to go to a higher ground and watch everything just burn. Yeah. Cause he's like the hell with this town. These people deserve it. Uh, just let it, let them all, let them all hang. Yeah. And then he decides to reveal that Medina would never put out for Brody. Oh, is that the part? Yeah. And then he just picks up the pace, drives faster and faster, and the two kind of have it out. So Brody just exits the car, and eventually they make up and decide to head back into town. Uh, They go to Brody's house, and that's where they find the, uh, or to get the sheet music and everything. But it doesn't quite go the way they wanted it to, because back inside the house, um, (laughs) Zach gets there first, and he takes off. He's really bad with notes. You don't want to give Zach a note. He takes the note from Dion off the door that tells Brody that the three of them have headed up to school. Oh, yeah. He he doesn't tell Brody about it. No, doesn't tell Brody about it. So the two enter the uncle's house, Uncle uh, Albert's house. I don't know why I keep wanting to call him Uncle Kent. Um, oh, wait, I know why. That's Superman, Uncle Kent and Aunt Martha. That's why it's stuck in my head. Why? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, so they're attacked by their uncle, and he's got Brody kind of like by the throat and up there and everything. So Zach's trying to help, and then all of a sudden the aunt, who's also a demon, attacks Zach from behind. So the two of them flee into the uncle's bedroom. 
barricade themselves in there and they find this box where they're <laughs> looking for a gun and they find this box that's labeled, is it church stuff? Yes, I it's think? church stuff. <laughs> church stuff, but it's actually just packed full of like sex toys. Like anal beads, a giant dildo. <laughs> yeah, and of course they like smell the anal beads and Zach puts the, the, the sex toy into like uh, Brody's mouth. It's just all so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they just like bust out and start attacking the demons with these sex toys, which that does not work at all. So Brody tells Zach to like hold him off for a little bit. And he heads out to the uh, garage to get a chainsaw while Zach's like kind of on his own in there. And right there, that's Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's great. Uh, so <clears throat> in the bedroom, we've got Zach versus the uncle. And in the living room, Brody is facing off against the aunt with the chainsaw. We get the tense moment where she's basically pushing Brody's face closer and closer to the running chainsaw blade. So Zach busts out and attacks uh, the uh, demon with a dildo and then destroys it. Oh, I'm sorry. 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 Bedroom. Zach attacks the uncle with the dildo, shoves it in his mouth and destroys its lower jaw. Yeah. He he like hits him so hard he breaks his jaw. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we get his anal bead attack on the ant, which allows Brody to turn the chainsaw against her, and she eventually loses her entrails. And she's walking around with guts dripping out. and Yeah, and then she pins Brody down, but then that enables uh, Zach to come up behind her and then jab a sex toy in each ear, which kills her. Yeah, were those those were the uh, the spinning the spinning dildos, right? Yeah, one was and one wasn't. One was like one a battery operate one, the other one was just a flesh colored solid. Oh, one. okay. Yeah. I thought they were it was both so like spinning. <laughs> it's like they were really going, they were upping the ante with like all the sex toy things. It was so bizarre. But now the, the, the two of them are spent and everything. Uh but and they're reunited now, they're back on the same page and everything. But then the cousin David comes in, he's like he's like shocked <laughs> by what he sees, and then Brody just kills him for no real reason. <laughs> I thought that was the best part because even Zach is like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. And then like Brody's like, well, there's that Satan comment. And Zach's like, he didn't say anything about Satan. <laughs> and all of a sudden Zach's got a, like a moral compass. Yeah. That's never shown up before. Um, but now during all this, the pages have been blown out the window and they have to go find them. Oh, um, then, yeah. Oh, and oh before wait. They head out. Oh, but go before, ahead. oh, wait, were you going to get to that? You go for it. I think you would enjoy it more than me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they they got to get the pages and uh, Brody's ready to go, I guess. And did, is this the part where they make the weapons and then they're ready oh. to head out? Or, well, no, uh, before they head out, are you talking about the two, the, the aunt and uncle? Yeah, in the sixty, the 69, yeah. Yeah, he's positioned the bodies in the 69, yeah. <laughs> now, I actually thought the, the aunt was still alive because her head was moving, but but it was actually the spinning dildo that was making the, her head the, Exactly, yes, you're oh, right. Okay. So it looked like her head was going up and down, yeah. <laughs> um, so outside, the boys are armed with like a, a, a weed whacker and like chainsaws and all these, you know, mechanical implements. Um, and then there's a one scene where there's a topless demon. I mean, no, oh, no bottom, bottomless, bottomless demon. demon. Yeah. He's got his top on. And so his genitals are exposed and Brody just goes at him with a weed whacker. Oh, or yeah. Not weed whacker, and like not a, only a weed whacker, but that's a barbed wire weed whacker. Yeah, it's like bad. He's like, <laughs> you know, waxes tally whacker off. And then so uh, 
Zach makes the comment about whacking guys off and everything. Yeah, you've clearly done that before. <laughs> yeah, so they managed to like kill a bunch of demons and collect the pages, and they head off to school. So once they get there, Brody almost gets killed by Medina's axe because she thinks he's a zombie, but mm-hmm. then they realize, or I'm sorry, a, a demon, but then they realize that, you know, it's him. Um, there's that uncomfortableness between them because Medina thinks that he's blown her off. Yeah. And he thinks... And then Brody thinks she's just being cold to him for no reason. And then Zach enters the picture. So that's when it's revealed that he didn't get a note. When Dion asked, did you see our note about coming to school? Oh, yeah. And then Brody's hand, you know, during all that fighting has been like, there's a big gash on his hand. It looks bad. So Medina's going to like doctor it up and everything. So she opens her bag to get some things to wrap it. And that's when Brody spies Zach's leather jacket in her bag. Yep. The so jacket. Medina being the person that she is, she's not going to lie about it. She's like, you know, we were out at the park and he, I was there for you, but you said you were busy. You didn't show up. And so he gave me the jacket. And then Brody realizes that he didn't get that second note either. And he conveys that to her. And then you can kind of see both of them, the light bulbs going off in their head. Hey, wait a minute. We've kind of been lied to. And Zach is the instigator in both of the uh, lies. Mm -hmm. Um, So then Brody realizes that Medina and Zach have hooked up and he realizes that, you know, Zach is not the friend he thought he was. And he's really pissed off. Um, And then he's like, you know, Hey, what about the brotherhood of steel? And he, you know, Zach is like, well, I was just bored, which almost makes it worse. <laughs> that that does. Like, that it's not it better. So it makes it worse. And so the two of them come to blows and everything. And Medina's just like, save it for the demons. And so Zach is just like done with everything. He's like, I'm just going to leave. I never even liked you and everything. And he just takes off on his own because he's a loner. Yeah. Death to <laughs> false metal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Dion's like, I, I knew it was eminent anyway. And he starts going on his little spew about like, you know, people's character and everything based on his role-playing games. Oh yeah. Like chaotic uh, neutral. And, yes. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rather, yeah. So, uh, they're, you know, Brody's is still talking about the whole, like, you know, if we just play it backwards and everything. And Dion brings up that, you know, our amps aren't working. So that's going to be an issue. And Zach was their only transportation and everything. And so they're kind of screwed on multiple levels and everything. So back at Ricky's place, our surviving crew members show up only to be met by the bad guys. So we've got Shannon there, Shanna there, and we've got the uh, acolytes, uh, and they are ready to perform a ceremony. Um, and then Dion um, <laughs> makes the comment about he's not sure whether he has a beer boner or a boner boner, but then they punch Giles. <laughs> And then Shannon wants to black him and everything. And, you know, uh, Brody's not going to give it over everything, but then they threaten Medina. So he, you know, gives it to her and then she just tears it apart. Um, And then, um, then it's revealed kind of what Brody did. And that kind of makes everyone like kind of turn on him a little bit. Like they're like, especially Medina. She's like, how would you do that? So they take everyone up and they're going to tie them up in the bedroom and everything. And they're tied up laying there on the floor and the downstairs or another room. There's not downstairs in the other room. The ritual ceremony is beginning everything. 
And, um, you know, Brody apologizes and he's like, you know, I felt powerless and everything. And, um, Medina's still like on his side. She's like, you can stop this. I know you can. Um, and then there's a, it's like a trunk and there's like banging inside of it. And then it revealed that it hidden inside, inside of it is Ricky, the corpse of like Ricky demon corpse. And he wants to skull fuck them. Yeah. (laughs) Like he was, that guy was really into skull fucking. Yeah. And Dion's got to be his first victim. Um, (laughs) but then all of a sudden Zach pops up in his full metal makeup and he's ready to go. Uh, and so the bros are reunited and everything and metalheads stick together. Um, but then Medina points out, she's like, so what'd that take you like 10, 15 minutes to apply that makeup? And he's like, no, it's corpse paint. And he's like, either way, it's still a lot of time that you took to do that. But anyway, um, so Brody feels pretty confident that he could play the music from memory. He doesn't even need the sheets and everything. So during the ceremony in the front room, it's interrupted uh, by uh, Zach and the gang. And they come in there and they yell, metal up your ass, which again, I really want that tattoo. Um, and, uh, Zach is packing his chainsaw and Brody begins to play while Zach is holding everyone off and everything. But now we've got the more demons pouring into the window and, uh, Dion's got a sword, but he's kind of like, for some reason, away from the group. So he just yeah, gets well, killed by a demon. I didn't know where he was. It almost looked like he was in some kind of a maze with, with like really close together walls. Yeah, it's like, I think he was in a hallway, but the demon just like pulls his head and spinal column up out of his body. So that's the end of poor Dion. Oh yeah, I've got that label as Mortal Kombat Fatality. Totally, finish him. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I just keep moving. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, somebody gave him some head. Yeah. So anyway, then that's not Shannon's job anymore. Shannon's job anymore. Um, And then Riles is just like ripped apart. You know, his arms are ripped off his body. And and then he's beaten with his arms. Yes. Poor Giles. Poor Giles. Anyway, so. um, And then the owner from Alien Records is there is a a demon and everything. Uh, And Brody's got to kill him. Uh, But Zach has got his two handed chainsaws. He's going after everybody. Uh, and then inside Medina's got her axe and everything. And she's, you know, going to town with that. So Zach has come in from outside and he's back rejoining the rest of the group and he's chopping them all apart and everything. Um, and during the interim, our, uh, Shannon, the concubine is kind of like scooted into a corner and everything. And now it's 3 a.m. And we see a bright white light. And now the concubine stands up, rips her robe off. She's completely nude. And she's summoning a Aloth into her. But all of a sudden, she's stabbed from behind by a sword. And now Aloth is there. And he's all pissed. And Brody and Medina are freaking out. And Brody starts to begin playing. And uh, the king of the demons, Aloth, starts uh, kicking ass. And... This is when Brody uses that whole like unzipped trick that Zach taught him from earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then this is where Brody gets gored by the demon's horns. And then the demon turns on Medina. Right. And throughout this whole time, I could not understand a word the thing was saying. Yeah, pretty much. Um, But Brody's playing is interrupted. By, oh, by an axe attack on Medina. So he's playing reverse. And then Zach, by doing so, because Zach has become 
Aloth. And so it reverses Zack back into his normal original form. And Zack's laying there trying to fight it. You see in his face, it's like morphing into like Aloth and then back to Zack and everything as he fights it. But he's like, I can't do this on my own. I'm not going to be able to control this forever. Um, Because the demon is too powerful. So Brody has to send Zack back to hell. And he does so by slitting his throat. And... You know, he gives him the Brotherhood of Steel forever sign and everything. And Medina joins him and she's clearly shaken. And then two months later, they're still back in the bedroom and everything. And outside, you see this a private for sale sign. And um, in bed, you see that Medina's gotten a real cool tattoo that clearly uh, Brody has designed for her. And it's basically her as like a warrior goddess on her arm. Yeah, that's a wicked badass tattoo. Yeah, and she's getting ready to head off. So she takes off, leaving Brody alone. And then all of a sudden, the wind kicks up and it starts to seem like everything's going to happen again. And the needle drops on the album and there's all that blue lightning and the demon voice. But then it's just Zach joking. Yeah. (laughs) From beyond. Which uh, that that was pretty cool, but we're and not the done yet play. because after the credits. Yep, go ahead. Um, it's got. Sorry, I almost called him Dion. It's got Zach and <coughs> sorry, I'm forget Brody. Zach and Brody talking, uh-huh. uh, and Zach wants him to continue on with the band, but Brody can't because everybody else is dead. Yep, it's just him. And, and then he's giving them names. They're coming up with names. Oh, yeah. They're coming up like, uh, the hell was that? There's something like Birth Canal something. Yeah. It's some, just odd, weird yeah, names. Weird yeah. names. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I had written those down because yeah, those were it's, it's just funny. really fun. It's very fun. Um, and then that is the end. Mm-hmm. So, Rob, this was your pick. Did you enjoy the film second go round? I did. Second time better than the first, I think. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it's still a lot of fun I seem to remember it differently maybe I'm getting it confused with another movie uh, but I thought like after after uh, Dion and Giles got killed I thought they came back to life because he had reversed the the spell or whatever but I'm probably oh, confusing that with something else you were making it a super happy ending <laughs> yeah super happy <laughs> But no, I really enjoyed it the first time and the second time even more so. It's tons of fun. And now would you recommend this to listeners of the podcast? I would. I recommend it if they were metalheads. I would recommend it to uh, even if they weren't. They're just into horror movies, especially over the top horror films for fans of like Peter Jackson or Evil Dead, Sam Raimi. Yeah, I think it does a very good job of uh, balancing the horror and the comedy. Mm -hmm. Like a very good job. Yeah, so um, it's weird that you and I are in the same boat. It's my second go around with this one, and I had a blast with it. Um, Again, it's one of those ones where I'm like, why don't I own this? Because it was so much fun. I don't know why I I haven't picked it up, but I had a blast with it. Um, Just to piggyback off what you said, yeah, if you are, you know, into... uh, metal horror it's gonna totally uh tickle your fancy um but it's got a ton of creature uh you know you got your demons and all that gore and everything so like for monsters it'll check that box off uh well done i think the effects are very well done they are um yeah a, a lot of fun um 
you do not have to be because I'm not really a, a giant metalhead, but I I love it so much. The film is just so much fun. Um, you don't have to be into that to appreciate this. Uh, I think the cast is uh, is a good uh, group of actors. Um, it's very well cast, um, very likable, um, or you know the ones you're supposed to like. Um, it's yeah. it's it's just a good production. Um, I think that Mr. Howden did a fine job with this. Um, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't done more horror because this was a lot of fun. Um, I would highly recommend this to, to to listeners of the podcast. Yeah, I would say he did a. Apparently they shot this in 20 days and a lot of the, a lot of the scenes were done in one take. And so like, bravo to these actors and actresses. Yeah. Cause not like a Ed Wood one take where like things are falling over. No, it's like really good one take. Yeah. Yeah. It's not awful at all by any stretch of the imagination. Um, anything else to add? Um, no, I think that's it. All right, cool. Well, so the next time we get together, um, I have picked The Sentinel from 1977. Um, so that's what we'll be covering then. If you would like to get a hold of us, I am always over on Instagram at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. And uh, the followers over there have been kind of bumping up. So thank you for that. I think only one of them is a... Uh, is a... A boob bot? <laughs> I think so. Uh, but other than that, thank you, everybody who is, who is a real human being. I appreciate that. Um, and a lot of love from other podcasts. I think that's really cool that we support each other. So thank you. If you're a podcast and you're supporting us and I'm always happy to support you back. Yeah. Um, and then now are you, uh, do you want to do the uh, email or have you just kind of let that fall by the wayside? Yeah. I don't even check that email anymore. So, okay. All right. So please don't send him any nude photos. (laughs) They should come right to Instagram account. Yes. Um, send them all to the Instagram, please. And then, um, We, from the bottom of our dark hearts, uh, truly, truly, truly appreciate you joining us. Uh, If you do it sporadically, if you do it religiously, however you do it, we really appreciate you spending time with us. Um, That's why we enjoy doing this. Uh, So the more the scarier as far as we see it. Mm -hmm. Tell your friends, uh, your friends of your friends and anybody else who is willing to listen to please check out the show because it's always great to spend this time together and give it out to you fine folks. Mm-hmm. And until do you want to say anything else? Or oh, just- yes. I always okay. see. I've got to, I've got to write like a format kind of thing down, but anyway, yeah, uh, please do check us out over on suplexcitylimits.com. Lots of great shows there, including this one. Um, and so that's suplexcitylimits.com. Make sure you check it out. Also, a big shout out and much love to Spitball Media Podcast. I know Mark is a fan, new yes, fan of that uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. So, and they always show us love. So we we show that love right back to them. Yep. And until next time, stay spooky. Ooh.